Hello once again and welcome to the Shanti Years podcast. My name is Alex Souza, the Assistant Athletic Director for Digital Initiatives here at Coastal Carolina Athletics. Our current digital initiative is to pass the time during this hiatus in athletics as we go through the greatest seasons, the greatest years in Chanticleer Athletics with the people that were right there in the trenches. So thank you for spending time with us. Wherever you are, hopefully staying safe since you can't be with us here in Conway to check out some CCU Athletics. Remember to like, subscribe, and share the Shanta Years podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at Coastal CSN for suggestions of future episodes. Check out past episodes and to let us know who we need to be talking to about the greatest years in Shauna Clear Athletics. Today, we talk about one of the best teams in all of CCU history with some of the best talent we have ever seen on the pitch. The 2003 men's soccer team was a buzzsaw and made a run we have not seen since. It laid the groundwork for teams to come and put the whole region and country on notice. We'll be talking with Eric Quimby, a goalkeeper on that team and a strident supporter and alum ever since. We'll talk about the insane talent on this team, their ability to score at will and stifle any offense they saw coming their way. It's also a really smart team, top GPA in the country as one of the best playing teams in the country as well. The shots made it to the Sweet 16 that year, the furthest program has ever made. A couple teams have done that since and were only upended on the West Coast via an overtime goal at Santa Clara. 20 wins, the National Player of the Year, and despite losing in the round of 16, they were still voted the number eight team in the country in the final polls. An absolute banner year for the Shunts. So without further ado, let's get right into the convo with Eric, and we'll talk to you on the other side. So Eric, before we dive into the 2003 season, uh, what brought you to Coastal? What what made Coastal the right fit for you? Oh man, um, yeah, I remember it pretty distinctively. It was it was about crazy to believe, but it's been 18 years since I first made my my campus visit the coastal in March of of 2000, right after uh, I turned 18. And uh, honestly, man, at that age, walk on campus, a kid from Milwaukee walking on campus to coastal and stepping on some Bermuda grass. It's nice and plush, and it's 82 degrees. Campus is beautiful, blooming with flowers and all that kind of stuff. And it was just, it's like, really, this is what life is like on here? I'm in. It didn't take long. It was pretty, it was a pretty quick. Decision. Right. Like I said, keep going from Milwaukee, where it was, was snowing in March. So it was, um, it was, that was a pretty, pretty quick decision. And also, too, honestly, it was the opportunity to, of course, to play, play college soccer at a high level. What I, what I didn't know at the time was really how high the level was really going to be. Absolutely. And, and so this team, by the time we get to 2003, um, you know, it, it had players from, from really all over the world. We had people from England, South Africa, Zimbabwe, um, you know, and then people like you uh, from Wisconsin, from Texas, from all over the United States and Utah in there. Um, how did this team come together kind of as a unit and, and find their chemistry? Yeah, obviously through through leadership was a big part of it. I mean, early on, uh, even before 2003, when I first stepped on a campus in, in 2000, uh, we had guys like Mario Benjamin, who were just a a dominant force that at that point and, and, and really an intimidating uh, individual on the field. Um, and you kind of just were in awe and watching him play. And 
um, and mixing that with, with someone of young talent, like Joseph, um, coming out of Zimbabwe. Um, he was just start, he was just getting started. Um, and then another guy by the name of Tommy Rudder, um, who was a little bit older, uh, English guy. And, um, you know, I remember my first touch, first game, first day of training, my freshman year, uh, the ball just trickles through the back line. I come out to the edge of the box to pick it up and Tommy's coming blazing full speed as fast as he possibly can run right down the middle of the pitch and slides into me <laughs> two feet, two, two footed into my, into my, uh, midsection and winks at me while he's laying on the ground <laughs> just to let me know that that uh this is this is for real uh and at that moment i realized pretty quickly what i was what uh, what i was getting myself into that i wasn't i was totally prepared for it so it took me a while to kind of get my get my footings honestly the number I, really into my junior year until i really felt comfortable at that level and through that time we just yeah. weren't we were winning so many games and playing and playing so well um you know it was it was a little bit of an intimidating environment for, for someone like myself um, but as we for sure and oh go ahead no you go you go ahead yeah you, you're telling the story I like that better um, <laughs> but yeah but it's it's kind of we got into into the 2003 season where we kind of really jumped on the scene um, you know it, it really started getting into the guys like Chris Moore um, who really was a, really was a, a grounding force calm force for for all of us. Um, yeah, we had a lot of big personalities in the team and, and, and Chris was always really had the really common demeanor and just kind of kept things in a level ground. Um, and, uh, was able to be that, that common connector for, for all the different guys in the team. And then of course, guys like Joseph and, and Mumbo who just led by, by their performance and you wanted to, you wanted to play at your best because you knew you were playing with some of the best you ever going to have a chance to play with. Um, so that, that alone also kind of set the stage for creating a, a really, a really good culture for the team. Um, with soccer, there's, there's different cultures of soccer and different styles of play, things like yeah. that. So how did, how did the coaches kind of bring everyone together, you know, from, you know, kind of maybe a big burly Englishman in the back and the skill and, and flair of, you know, the Africans, you know, on the wings and up front. Well, there's probably two different ways to tell the story. Um, you know, honestly, I think is we kind of had a mantra a little bit was uh, just give it to the Africans. Uh, we had we had five <laughs> in the middle of the field uh, from the, the middle of the back line all the way up to the front. And, uh, you know, it was really you did your best work to, to win the ball, get the ball, keep it and then give it to the guys that were the, the most talented and let them do their work. Um, so that was a bit of a, a kind of an inside, a little bit of an inside joke from the team side. But that was I mean, that was a big part of it. Like, you know, defend, defend as a unit, work hard to win the ball. And the guys that were, were less skillful or talented really needed to focus on on being more gritty uh, and and uh, doing the gritty work so that we could get the ball into places where where the guys that were extremely talented with their footwork and their their uh, their technical execution uh, in positions to uh, be successful. Um, so it was a bit of a kind of know your place, know your role mentality um, that the coaches really instilled in us and the players and the players just knew. Um, again, you, you, you saw that the, the, the talent and the opportunity was at hand and you wanted, you wanted to get your best at every moment. So, um, that was, that, that was that, uh, what kind of held us together, uh, honestly, and, and as well as kind of being the consummate underdog, um, and our coaches would, would beat that in us all the time. Um, and it, it was ever present when we played big programs like Clemson or Santa Clara or UNC or Duke, whether it was preseason, midseason or or in NCAs, we were always the underdog. And in many cases, no one took us seriously. And so it was too late. Um, so our, our, our coaching staff really kind of 
um, thrived on that. Um, and, uh, really, that really fueled us as well. This program has always scheduled very difficult and, and kind of a high RPI, um, out of conference schedule, a lot of regional powers. You guys went to Illinois and, um, played some kind of out of region, uh, teams that, uh, probably helped prepare this team, uh, going into conference. What do you think the team learned out of conference, um, as they, you know, you mentioned a lot of those teams, Clemson, Duke, and all that in the preseason. Uh, what, what did the team learn about itself early on? Yeah, uh, a good question. I think, you know, part of, part of Coach Dawkins' philosophy, you know, then and even now was to level up your play. I mean, identify the best opportunity to play the, be- the, best, the best opponent. And we knew, and even, even still now somewhat present, but at the time we knew that our conference schedule was going to be, going to be challenging to maintain any momentum that we had because we knew it was, it was a dip in quality. So uh, coach shocking and, and um, coach with many and others at the time that were assistants throughout the, throughout the years that we were at coastal all up to now to, to when coach Russell obviously just moved on to be a head coach throughout that entire span of the last 18 years. And even before we got there, we were the coaches that was always trying to level up our, our, our schedule so that we had the opportunity to play, uh, to play at the highest level. Um, really wasn't, no one was afraid of anybody. Um, we just went out there and demonstrated to, to everyone we played how serious we were and how, and how talented we were. Um, and, and that set an early stage for us. Um, we had to come out strong and we had to be ready every time. And it started in our preseason and honestly, even back into the spring season when we would play against, uh, A-league teams, MLS teams, um, professional level teams and exhibition games to prepare us to be ready for that, for, for that preseason highest level we were going to face. Um, so it was setting the tone early, identifying the best opportunity to, to compete at the highest level, and then figuring out a way to maintain that momentum through it. Typically a, a, a down, down part of our, our mid season, we were playing against um, our, our conference opponents. And, and you mentioned kind of that, that dip in quality and kind of staying up for things. You, you actually dropped uh, a game to UNC Asheville two uh, one at the beginning of conference play, but then went on to outscore opponents 33 to five, the rest of conference play. Um, was that Asheville game a little bit of a wake up call kind of like, okay, we, we still have to kind of go out there and, and put our full effort into things to, to win. And then obviously uh, it kind of worked out after that. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. And there's, there's probably three games, three or four games in, in my entire career that really stand out as like pivotal moments. Uh, one of them was right before that Asheville game when we beat Clemson uh, in overtime mm-hmm. on, a, on a great goal um, at their place. And that was a, kind of a euphoric moment for the, for the program. It was, it was one of the biggest program wins we had ever had. And then shortly thereafter, we've got to go on the road again and play against UNC Asheville, which traditionally wasn't a very good program. And, uh, you know, UNC Asheville is a difficult place to play. There's not a lot of atmosphere. Um, and and I'll be honest, I don't think anybody took that game that seriously. And it's not a not a stab at the coaching staff, but I don't think they took it seriously either. I think they we were all on a high that was uh, uh, that we felt we were just going to walk walk through that game without a problem. And 45 seconds in the, into that game against UNC Asheville, we, uh, Jordy, Jordy Hughes scored a goal. And it was like, all right, here we go. We're going to – it's going to be six, seven, eight, nothing. Everyone's going right. to play. Um, all the, all, everybody that rolled the bus is going to be on the field. That'll be on the pitch, and we're all going to be able to celebrate driving home for four hours. But I didn't go that way. And <laughs> losing, losing 2-1 to UNC Asheville after beating, beating Clemson – create doubt amongst 
a lot of people are, well, these guys are really that good. And for us, it was a huge wake up call and really just, it humbled us. It made us realize that we were the hunted. We were going to get everyone's best game every time we stepped on the pitch from that moment forward and that we couldn't step off the gas pedal ever, which is probably a part of a big reason why it led to, uh, uh, you know, outscoring our opponents 30, 33 to five the rest of the season. What was it like watching um, that that offense and that that midfield kind of go to work? Was it I don't know, lack of a better term, bit of magic? It, it, yeah, in many ways it was. Um, it was a bit of it was a bit of magic. It was magic, discipline, determination. Um, we, we were just were so focused on getting into the NCAA tournament and having a, a tremendous level of success, winning our conference, winning our conference season, regular season, winning our conference champion season and leaving no doubt, leaving no doubt with anybody in our, in their minds that we were, we were a team to be contended with. We were a team that was one of the best in the country uh, and that we had a legitimate chance at making a run at the national championship. Um, and we all kind of had that mindset and everyone kind of, again, everyone knew what their roles were and knew who the, who the, the, the highest level of talent on the team was and knew how we needed to set those guys up to be successful and that they were, they were going to be the, they were going to be the best four or five guys in the pitch every time. Um, and so it was a bit of magic. Those, they just clicked. They just had this, they had this momentum to them and um, that was built up over time. Obviously, I mean, 2003 was, we were coming off a really successful 2002 season that a lot, so a lot of times people forget about. And we won our first 17 games of the season before dropping our first. Yeah, game. yeah. Uh, we were nationally ranked and we were we were cruising. And you know, and Joseph was one of the highest scoring players in the country. Jordy was as well. Um, and we were we were rock and rolling. So we carried that momentum in the in the 2003. And we, we had, we just had a really good rhythm to us. And we were fortunate. We didn't have a lot of injuries. That was the other part of it too. It's we, we stayed really healthy. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a bit of magic. You've mentioned uh, Joseph Naguanya a couple of times and, and obviously he won national player of the year from a couple of publications that year. What was he like as a player? What was he like as a, as a teammate? Um, obviously he had a, he had a major effect on this team and program, uh, but what was he like? Maybe, maybe off the pitch. Yeah. We got to remember too, Joseph came from Zimbabwe, you know, small town Zimbabwean mm-hmm. kid. I mean, I remember the first time I ran into Joseph, I was, I was my, one of my first days on campus before we even started preseason and I was going to register for classes and I see this kid ride by on a bicycle with a tribal flip flops and shorts and a, and a skinny t-shirt. And you look at this kid and like, man, is that, the, is that the kid that, is this the Joseph kid that everyone's raving about? And, and he, just, <laughs> he just looked very, um, uh, unintimidating. Um, and then when you got on the soccer field with him, you're like, holy crap, this guy's amazing. Um, and you knew immediately at, the, at very early on how, how, how high quality Joseph was and that he just, he just needed some coaching and he needed some exposure to a, a more competitive and structured environment. And he was going to be fantastic. Um, and so Joseph getting acclimated to, to a college campus and uh, the American culture coming from Zimbabwe and learning English and all these different things. I mean, Joseph was a br- very intelligent. I think, I don't know if people realize how, 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 um, how smart Joseph was and getting a double degree um, in th- in four years, he could have graduated in three. Um, and, and so not only was he a superstar on the, on the soccer field, but he was in the classroom as well. So again, Joseph just kind of created, established this standard that everyone was trying to, t- trying to level up to. Um, and he, he, 
that standard was you wanted to be a part of that because not only was he incredible on the field, but he was a good dude. He was just a good person. He was funny. He had a, he had a really, he had a really unique sense of humor about himself. And he picked up little elements of the, all the different cultures on our teams from the Icelanders, from the, from the English guys, from the Americans, from all, all the guys from all over different parts of the United States. And he picked up all these little elements of their personalities that, that gave him his really own distinct personality and made him a pretty incredible person. So um, he was, he was a great teammate on the field, off the field. That's awesome. That That's, that's cool. How he kind of picked up and kind of absorbed everyone um, and kind of made it his own. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, no doubt. Back to the, back to the pitch. Um, yeah. You guys, you guys sweep through the big South championship, um, including an eight, one win over Winthrop, which is, which is crazy uh, in the semifinals. Um, was that kind of, you know, part of that preparation for the NCAAs, especially with the quick succession of matches. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, I don't remember that. I try to recall some of the distinct details. I know we played up at, at Radford and I believe the first game we played the, we were playing in wind that was upwards of 30 mile an hour winds and guys are taking up someone from the game right before us took a goal kick, hits his goal kick. I think it was a goalkeeper from UNC Asheville. hits his goal kick and he, kind of comes back at him in his own 18 yard box and he has to try to, <laughs> to collect the ball without using his hands. I mean, it was, it was weird kind of environment like that. They were like, all right, here we go. This is the type of environment that, you know, could be, we could be vulnerable to. Um, and some weird, something weird could happen and that could really, that could really screw us up. Um, so early, like immediately we were, we were focused on, you know, keeping the ball tight, keeping it low, constantly moving the ball, taking the air out of the ball and really just playing. And, and trying to and trying to maneuver maneuver each team we played early on and and, and dyna- beat them dynamically through through skill and moving the ball um, and we did that pretty successfully in the in the uh, in the conference tournament obviously that winter game you mentioned eight um, one that felt really good uh, when you're when you're beating your rivals uh, when you're beating your rivals eight one they had beaten us I, I believe it was the previous year um, they had beaten us at their place in the conference championship. Um, so it was a nice kind of comeback and just, just letting them know, you know, that we, we were, we were the, we were the premier program in the conference. Um, and yeah, and obviously anytime you get a chance to play, um, the entire roster in a, in a, in a conference championship game is, is a pretty cool experience. <laughs> um, so cause if you're a guy like myself, in many cases that was, you know, watching a lot of this in the sidelines to be able to get your name in the game day notes was, was a cool feeling, especially in the conference tournament. And that leads to a home match versus Davidson with, I believe the matchup with North Carolina was already set. They still had that by situation, right? That's right. Yeah. It was North Carolina. Yeah. So they, so it was that Thursday, Sunday. So you play Davidson with a matchup with, with North Carolina on the line. What was the mentality going into that game? Was there a little bit, you know, looking ahead to North Carolina? Kind of what was the mentality? What was the message going into the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I got to recall that. I think we were a little pissed off um that we that we we didn't bet, get it yeah. we didn't get a buy we didn't get a buy we thought that we had we had in many in many cases earned it and honestly i think it was that unc Asheville game that that probably that stymied us from from getting that that first round by in the ncaa tournament so we were we were pumped to be playing an ncaa tournament game at home it was the first ncaa hosted game um on coastal's campus um it was a big deal uh we had a great crowd um but we had a bit of a chip on our shoulder we we knew that there was unfinished business. We were we knew Davidson. We had played them earlier in the year. 
um, which I believe we beat him two one earlier in the year at our place. So we knew that it was going to be a, a you know a good game. Davidson had a good season, and that we weren't going to be able to take them lightly, and we couldn't look past to North Carolina. But we had a bit of chip on our shoulder, and uh, again that game we came out to a roaring start and bang 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 three goals early on in the first half, and then we kind of were at that point where a bit of con- cruise control through the rest of that game, and it set the stage for for what we were hoping for was an opportunity to go up and play uh, UNC uh, at their place, and um, and, and try to catch them snoozing. I've watched that 2003 highlight on YouTube a bunch of times. And, um, you know, the people making it from Coastal are going to just put in the Coastal goals and some other highlights. But it seemed like you guys dominated up at Chapel Hill. There was great goals. There was a bit of luck. But also the, you know, the Zimbabwe guys were kind of getting after a little bit of showboating too. Was it was it as dominating as it seemed on the YouTube or, you know, was a little more competitive? Yeah, let's go with that. We'll go with the, it was totally dominating. <laughs> no, but in, in all seriousness, I think it, 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 it was in many, in many cases. Um, I, and I've shown that YouTube video. I have a, have a few of those CDs laying around my house and I'm like, I've shown it a couple <laughs> times to my kids and they watch it. And yeah, I've watched it with a couple of my former teammates too. And with them here and, and with the kids and just kind of laugh about it and talk about how dominating, the Zimbabwean boys were that game, and and, it, and they were. I mean, they were the best players in the pitch, um, in particular. And, and to your point, there was a little bit of luck, um, but uh, you create your own luck in many in many cases. And um, I remember specifically Mumba getting the ball on the, on the wing. He's a left-footed player. He's playing on the right wing. He turned it inside, and he just crushed uh, a shot from about 30, 32 yards, 30, 30, 35 yards out. And it just banged it in the upper corner. It was one of the best goals even mm-hmm. to this point. Like collegially, it was the best goal that I saw in my four years at coastal. And it's, I still believe and probably because I'm a little bit biased to it, but still one of the best goals I've ever seen. Like it just was perfectly struck, um, incredible angle, um, against a really good goaltender, um, at UNC. And so it was just it, that, that, that caught him off guard. And that was a, okay, we got this. Like we can, we can do it. That happened fairly early in the first half set the, set the stage for us to really, to really have success in that game. And, and yeah, I don't, again, I don't think UNC took us seriously. They, they were the number three ranked team in the country. Um, and I think they felt like they had it in the back before we even showed up on campus. And then they quickly realized that, that we were going to take it to them. And it may not have been as dominating as we showed it in the YouTube video, <laughs> video, but it was it was a pretty dominant. That's awesome. That that leads to a matchup again because of kind of the setup of the NCAA's another road match um, all the way across the country at, at a great program in Santa Clara, and you guys dropped that one three uh, two in overtime. Uh, what was that match like? Um, you know, obviously that's not talked about as much, but it's it's still a big part of this program to make it as far as, as we did. Um, what was that match like? How close was it? It was, it was extremely close. In fact, yeah, it's a game that we probably, we should have won. I think, I think everyone acknowledges that. Um, and to your point, it's not one that's talked about offense. It's one of those, it's one of those moments that you, that will live with, with everyone, um, for their rest of their lives in many respects. I think, uh, from coach talking to, to Joseph, to, to Andy Paxton, to Randy Owen, to every, every guy, uh, on that on that roster, whether you played, didn't play, um, it it sits with you because you know what was in front of you, and you know what opportunity, you know things the way things cascaded after that game. Um, we would have if we would have won that game, we would have been coming home to play a, an, an elite eight game at, at back sure. campus against um, against Michigan, 
and um, I, I just don't feel any way that they would have been able to hang with us. So that puts you in the Final Four, and now you now you now you're in the first Final Four in program history, um, and you have the chance. It's really anybody's ballgame at that point. So we knew we knew what that moment meant, and it, it still sits with you today. Um, it was close. It was it was like I said, it was a game that we we probably should have won, even in overtime, hit the post um, in overtime, uh, a shot. And then, uh, obviously conceded a goal late in overtime off of, off a set piece. Um, and, uh, obviously that, that, uh, left a pretty big pit in our stomachs. Um, and, uh, ended the season, which we didn't, we didn't think we were ready to end. And I remember after that season was over, um, and, um, it was about actually probably about a year, year or so later. And I was still as a grad assistant with the program, and we were up at a recruiting trip in in uh, in Cary, North Carolina, and uh, we were sitting in the lobby of the Embassy Suites Hotel with some of the other coaches from around the country. And Coach Gomeni and I were talking with um, with the with the head coach in Indiana, um, and he had he had said, "Man, he goes, we were just hoping you guys weren't going to win that game. We we we, we did not want to play you. We did, we knew that down the road we may have played you. We were we we did not want to play you. <laughs> so and it just kind of reinforced a bit that." knowing what that opportunity could have been. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was a tough one. Um, but you know, like everything else, it was a great, it was a great lesson on, uh, on, on to learn from as you, and every, in every aspect of life. So, um, you know, I think a lot of the guys that were part of that team have gone on to experience a lot of success in their own respective careers, whether it was playing, playing professionally or, um, working on wall street or working in healthcare or whatever it may be. Nothing to take away, obviously, from this team. First NCAA host, um, first Sweet 16 in the program. So it laid the foundation for this program going forward and showed other programs that this could be done at Coastal. Um, you know, do you have a sense of pride from that, um, despite how it may have ended, you know, that this program and even other athletic programs continue to succeed? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I have a, anybody that knows me well knows the, the amount of pride that I have in, in, in Coastal not only in the athletic programs as a whole, soccer program specifically, uh, but just the university in general. Like every other college kid and every other collegiate athlete, you create your memories, um, your lifelong memories and lifelong friends um, over those, the course of those four years. And, and yeah, the pride is the pride in that and the success of that team, in particular the 2003 year. You know, that that's a it still gives me goosebumps at times thinking about, you know, what, what we accomplished and what we did. And, and to your point, some of the foundational things that we, we established for the, for the program and for, for the university um, and being, being the first ones to, to accomplish some of those things was, was definitely, definitely proud moments. And, and it's been exciting. It, it's been as exciting watching the other teams behind us, whether uh, on the soccer field or on the baseball diamond uh, or on the football field or any other, any other sport, um, you know, to see them succeed. And I get, I get just as excited talking about those those things and the the moments of pride in seeing us nearly beat Virginia as a sweet as a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament in, in, in basketball, or seeing uh, Coastal you know make a back to back year Sweet 16 appearances uh, on soccer on the soccer pitch, or ultimately uh, seeing the baseball program win a national championship. Um, it's, you know, they're, they're, they're very, all those are very proud moments. Um, and I, I 
feel even more of a sense of pride that that I feel like that we established that back in 2003. Eric, I appreciate your time today um, and, and kind of taking us through the 2003 season, your journey and uh, some memories. Thank you again, Eric, for your time to go over that 2003 men's soccer season that saw so many firsts for Coastal Carolina. And folks, we mentioned that video on YouTube, the CCU men's soccer highlights 2003. Right now it's got 2,500 views. I had to have had at least 300 of those. I love this season. Um, Some of the goals and, and action in this video are what you would see in some career highlights from the premier league or something like that. This team was special um, and was one of the teams that I was so excited to see when I was, became a freshman in 2004 and it has only grown and gotten even better uh, since then under head coach Sean docking. Some great insights, especially that bit about how Eric and his fellow teammates learned from their experiences on the field in the locker room, being together, working in a team. That's really what college athletics is all about. So that was really cool to hear from Eric. We'll have another episode for you next week. Until then, hit us on Twitter at at CoastalCSN. Keep giving us ideas, keep commenting, keep sharing, and we'll talk to you next time.